Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Clarency Podcast. I am Elena, and I am excited to have our very first conversation of 2022. So the purpose of every Clarency Conversation that we have is to see ourselves, others, and God clearer. So I hope that you are ready for this conversation and that this episode helps you in some way. So whether you are watching on YouTube or listening in on a podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and please leave me a review. Also, you can always visit clarityblog.com to read this blog post and to listen to the songs that are on the on my playlist section that accompany the theme of this blog. So let's get into it. This month's conversation is probably one of the most vulnerable and transparent and urgent conversations that I think we have ever had. But I feel in my bones that it's necessary. So for me, this year started like a whirlwind. I learned a lot about myself and Honestly, it wasn't pretty. Me, Miss Clarency, this self-reflective and wisdom person. Oh, I discovered that there were so many things going on inside of me that I did not realize. There were decisions that I thought that I made with a clear mind that was cloudy judgment at best. So... Here's the first clarity point. Progress can be deceiving and movement can be distracting because it's possible to be moving forward toward purpose and promise in one area and running away in another. So I want to start by asking you a question. Big surprise. Where are you? In proximity to what God has promised you, where are you? See, if you had asked me that question last year, oh, my answer would have been completely different. But in reality, my location was off. See, I was so focused on doing everything that I thought God had told me to do that I didn't realize that I had also started doing things that he never told me to do. I thought I was headed toward the promised land, but I looked up and I found myself in a wilderness. And I had no clue how I got there. So let's pause for a moment and make sure that we're on the same page. Oxford defines a wilderness as an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. In a nutshell, it's a place that you ran to instead of pursuing God's promise for your life. It doesn't contain your destiny, and it has no capacity for you to grow or develop. So little by little, you let go of who you're meant to be as you settle for whatever the wilderness has to offer. 
So once I realized, shockingly, where I was, God answered my question of how I got there. And he showed me there were three ways. One, I settled. You see, running does not always look like running. And sometimes it looks like settling. It can mean accepting less than what we deserve or giving less than what God asked for. It often looks like taking situations that look like they require less of you because deep down you're not quite sure if you're good enough to give more. It's deceptive. It seems like it takes less, but in reality, oh, it costs you so much more because you have to lessen yourself to stay there. Because there's never quite enough space for you to grow into who you're meant to be. So here's the second clarity point. Settling is a symptom of a misplaced identity. Because if you know what you're worth, and if you understand who you are, you recognize what's yours, and you reject what's not. It's also an indication of someone who is comfortable lying to themselves. Deep down, we know what we're settling for is not enough, but we tell ourselves that it is, and we ignore every inclination of the truth because it seems easier to just believe the lies than face the fact that we have an unmet desire. I've learned that the truth is none of us really like unmet desires. We like to be satisfied. And when we are not, oh, we try to find something to fill the void. It's, it's the chase of trying to find that next thing to satisfy our desires that leads us to the wilderness. It can happen so subtly that we don't even realize when we settle for less than what God has promised us. It looks so similar sometimes that we treat it like it's the same. To open my own eyes and to see whether or not I had settled for something, I took myself back to the moment something presented itself as a solution to fulfill what I saw as an unmet desire. And then I pushed myself, to be honest, about how I was feeling at the time and what I wanted. Was I lonely? Was I ready to give up? Was I desperate? Or was I at the point where I just wanted something to fill the void? At that moment, was anything in me willing to settle? Looking at it that way helped me to see if what I accepted was a temptation or divine fulfillment. And if my decision was driven by God or my desires. And then I went a step further. Then I asked myself, when I experienced this fulfillment, did I have to justify or make excuses for the result? You see, I've learned that when it's God, it's complete. But when it's not, it's not quite fully formed. 
When something is missing, we try to find a way to explain to ourselves its lack of completion. Settling is always surrounded by justification, explanation, and excuses. And we just have to be honest with ourselves to see it. So how do we fix this? For me, I had to repent for my stupidity and rebellion. And then I had to commit to double-checking my desires with prayer. Because the solution is being led by God and submitting our desires to him. But to do that, we must value asking God for his direction and respect when he says no. So this year, let's promise ourselves that we will tell ourselves the truth. I refuse to lie to myself by justifying or excusing or avoiding facing the truth. None of us were meant to coexist with the lie. And I don't want to one moment longer. I won't prioritize satisfying my own desires over my desire for God, because my life has shown me that satisfying God is the safest way to satisfy myself. Y'all, all of the regrets, all of the relationships I should have never been in, all the habits I should have never had, the, the bonds that honestly should have never been formed, and every mistake that I made when I knew I knew better. All of it came from trying to satisfy myself in a way that God had already told me I shouldn't. Now, the next way God showed me I ran headfirst into the wilderness was I fell for distraction and misdirection. So think for a minute with me. What would we accomplish if we didn't distract ourselves with our dissatisfaction of other people, would we heal? Would we find true deliverance? Would we really grow? Who would we become if we focused on ourselves without the excuse of what someone else did to us? Now, I am not making light of the trauma that we endure at the hands of broken people. No, not at all. But what I am saying is God wants to deal with you for the sake of your destiny. And when you refuse to focus on yourself and instead point the finger at them, then you become the casualty and you become the disobedient child. And neither of those is really good for you. We can't focus so much on what others have done to us that we miss the lesson in ourselves. That's the trap of distraction and misdirection. Y'all, I wasted so much time last year focused on what I felt like other people were doing to me. I was so busy trying to fix that thing in them that I was avoiding addressing it in myself. I was so distracted that I delayed my own healing, trying to get them there. And it drove me to my own wilderness. And because I was 
avoiding God's instruction to grow in the direction that he wanted to take me. All because I was trying to go back to save someone else. I ended up holding so tightly to other people that I let go of God. And I didn't even know this. So here's another clarity point. Our relationships are signs. Who we have surrounded ourselves with can be an indication of our inner health. The situations that we frequently encounter are a hint to what we are attracting. Because like attracts like. It's not just that these things are happening to you. Flip it. What are you attracting? And when we think about it this way, we see our responsibility. What in you may have attracted that person or that situation or that behavior? You see, I have learned that for something to successfully affect me, it has to find a place in me. Like with Jesus being tempted, the devil doesn't succeed in distracting or impacting or tempting us unless what he's bringing can find a connection point in us. That's why he wasn't successful with Jesus. The devil tried, but he could find no place in him. That means to tempt to deceive, to confuse, to scare us. The devil must find a place in us that partners with that and allows these things to live. He's looking for a conducive environment. So how do we address this? I believe that brokenness attracts other broken people. And sometimes instead of healing ourselves, we choose to protect our brokenness. We choose to hide our broken places and excuse them or find others with them all as an excuse to justify keeping them. So to stop the cycle, we have to choose to face our brokenness and do the work to heal. Knowing that we may not be able to do it alone. Christian counseling, prayer, deliverance, all of these things are sometimes needed for us to truly heal. But also, a shift is required. Just like an alkaline environment promotes health in our bodies, because in that environment, disease cannot exist, we also need to change our spiritual environment. So, what changes your atmosphere so that lies or deceit, or confusion, or fear, or anxiety can't exist there. For me, truth, presence, and power. The truth of God can set you free. God's presence can bring healing, and deliverance, and clarity, and joy, and peace, and so much more of what you need, and walking in his power, that empowers you to live life on the level that he wants you to live. We need all of these things to leave the wilderness and make it to our promised land. So the last way 
that God showed me, I fell headfirst into the promised land. Ooh, I wish. Into the wilderness was I was willing to create and become a pseudo-savior. I believe it's our wounds that creates our wilderness. Any unhealed places in us are there only because we refuse to allow God to be our savior in those areas. Honestly, I don't think I have ever said truer words. It's our need to save ourselves and create our own solutions. That's what drives us in the opposite direction of the promised land and leads us into a wilderness. So here's the last clarity point. Nothing can force us out of the place of promise. Nothing can steal our destiny. We choose to let it go and we choose to leave it. We partnered with our own destruction all by choosing to disqualify ourselves. So how do we do that? We reject the Savior and we try to get the promise ourselves. But the promise can't be stolen. It's a gift from our Savior. I once heard Apostle Jonathan Ferguson say this, and it rocked me. And it honestly has stuck with me ever since. Anything that we want without God's process is an idol. Wanting the process and wanting the promise without the process is wanting the blessings without the Savior. These are the traits of an idolater. But how does a child of God how does a child of promise become an idol worshiper? Simple. We allow a lie to take root and harden our heart. And we believe the siren song that something else will save us and that something else can satisfy us. And we follow it wherever it takes us. So who or what are you treating like your savior? Is it a person, a romantic relationships? Is it money, success, your worth ethic, a plan, yourself? We don't accidentally end up in the wilderness. We run there chasing what we think we want when we decide we won't do it God's way. You know, so many of us are destroying ourselves from the inside because we believe the wrong things are the keys to building us up. You can't save yourself when you're your own worst enemy. And when you have decided not to do things God's way, oh, you become an enemy to the very promise you are attempting to pursue. So here's a question at the root of it all. What made you believe God wouldn't save you? Name that lie. What did you attach yourself to and attach your heart to instead of attaching it to God? For me, it was my plan. I thought that God had told me something. So I created a whole plan around it. And if you know me, that makes perfect sense. It is not a surprise. And even when I saw things that made me question the validity of what I thought I heard, even when I heard things that I knew were God, that contradicted my plan, I held on. Not because I truly knew it was God, but because I didn't want to be wrong. I had been wrong before, and 
everything in me wanted to avoid being wrong again. I was drawn to the wilderness because my heart was more attached to avoiding and preventing the past than pursuing the future that God had promised me. Fear drove me to the wilderness, but it was the shame and the guilt of being wrong that kept me there. My need to be right and not look foolish outweighed my need for a savior. So I extended my own time and delayed my own lesson. So here's my advice to you. Same advice that I gave myself. Forgive yourself for the mistakes you make. Forgive yourself for knowing better and not doing better. Stop trying to save yourself and allow God to be your savior. So where do we go from here? Well, this is the only answer that I have for you. If the first be hope. If the first be holy. That's the thought that kept ringing in my head as I wrote the blog for this episode. Although this month was hard, I believe that God pulled back the covers in my life to uproot some things, and it gave me the opportunity to start the year from a purer and a holier place, and it set up the rest of my year to follow along this path. I wholeheartedly recommend for you to take the first months of this year to reset and make them holy. Allow God the freedom to dismantle and uproot and remove anything in your life that is contaminating the holy atmosphere that you need to pursue the promise. Let him take out anything that causes you to settle or to be distracted or to accept a pseudo savior or become one or run to the wilderness for any reason. Removing these things, it purifies you and it creates an atmosphere where favor grows and goodness comes, and abundance lives. And if you were like me, we could all use a little more of that. A whole lot more, honestly. But seriously, I want healing for you. I believe that you have what it takes to take an honest look at yourself and truly allow God to deal with what you see. You're strong enough, and he's loving enough to hold you together as he breaks you apart in all of the right places. He loves you and he pursues you even to the wilderness, even through your rejection of him and through your audacity to create or have the nerve to become a pseudo savior. God will pursue you, but not forever. And don't make him chase you because honestly, you don't have the time to waste running and avoiding the life that you were created for. This is your gift. This is your year. This is your season. So leave the wilderness and go to the place of your promise. It's yours. So go get it. And please let me know how it's going. I am invested in your journey. So please 
comment on this episode or any of the Clarency social media pages so that I can know how you're doing. You can also send me a message or comment on a post at clarityblog.com. Now is the time for you to pursue every promise that God has for you. I want to know how your journey is going, and I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. So, talk soon.